So welcome or welcome back everyone to Mood Swings, where we break down that societal stigma of talking about mental health. I would like to include a trigger warning in this week's episode, because we will be talking about mature topics such as mental illness, self-harm, signs and symptoms of mental illness, and more. So please do not continue listening if you feel that anything spoken about in this podcast may trigger negative emotions, thoughts, or actions. One of the biggest problems that we face in America isn't only the fact that we as a society aren't comfortable with speaking about mental health, let alone mental illness. It's the fact that we live in a new world where we're first to put on a mask and a smile and to bottle up our emotions, and which within itself creates a bigger problem. It adds fuel to the fire. It helps that sort of monster grow and you fall deeper and deeper into a rabbit hole. Whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar, PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder, the list goes on and on. And due to the fact that we don't face our problems, we don't get help, we don't talk with others, we sort of, um, we don't express ourselves, it causes, like I said before, it causes that problem to grow. This is why it's very important to learn what coping mechanisms and strategies work for you. This way you can help yourself combat those negative emotions, that negative mindset, whatever issues you're dealing with mentally, and also prevent yourself from relapsing. We actually talked about some healthy coping mechanisms on our last episode, which you should definitely listen to if you haven't already, whether you stop this podcast now and you listen to it right now or you wait until after. But anyways, moving back on track, the topic that we'll be discussing about in this episode are the signs and symptoms that someone may be dealing with a mental illness or disorder. I'm hoping that for my listeners out there, you also keep an open mind or enough of an open mind so that you can ask yourself whether or not you're experiencing any of these and you're honest enough with yourself to get help if you feel that these apply to you. Without being said, I also do not promote the idea of a self-diagnosis. This is just a good base and um, a good way to pinpoint or help you understand what you or someone else may be dealing with and whether or not you should seek professional help for a professional diagnosis. And mental health and mental illness is a very serious topic, and I'm obviously not a licensed professional in any way, shape, or form but I have done copious amounts of research so that I can inform the public and spread more awareness for people who are struggling with their mental health. Now, the two most common mental illnesses are anxiety and depression. Anxiety and depression usually go hand in hand, but they're a little bit different. Anxiety is more of that anxious feeling, that feeling of nervousness and worry, while depression is sort of that lack of um, hope that lack of drive sort of create that lack of motivation mindset because they are afraid of the outcome because they're anxious about what will happen if they do something and it doesn't they sort of don't reach that end goal so anxiety most people who struggle with anxiety struggle with a lot of restlessness nervousness sweating trembling and just like an overall sense of something bad is always coming On top of this, you also have trouble sleeping and an urge to avoid things because you don't want that negative outcome to happen. On the other hand, depression, like I said before, it's that feeling of hopelessness, 
not feeling fulfilled by anything, not finding joy in anything, especially things that you used to enjoy, things that used to make you happy. Um, And then you're also easily irritable, whether that be other people, sensitivity to light, um, always wanting to sleep, not wanting to do anything. People with depression usually struggle with feeling. And people with depression often resort to very negative coping mechanisms. Okay, so people with depression and anxiety usually struggle with panic or anxiety attacks. Um, And there is quite a, a difference. So there are some forms of panic and anxiety attacks where it's sort of uh, induced by a specific situation. There is something that they are worried about which creates that, um, again, impending feeling of danger and then um, on the other hand it could also come out of nowhere panic people can struggle with panic and anxiety attacks for no reason um they could be perfectly fine one minute and then just have a breakdown and they it's it's really nothing um sometimes you could go from your happiest and then just have a breakdown because that's what mental health is you you really can't control it and um that's part of the issue within our society we we think that um our mental health is controllable if you're struggling if it's a chemical imbalance there's really nothing you can do besides get professional help or get help from other people so Like I said before, keep an eye out for people who may not be able to um, speak up for themselves, who may not be able to reach out and have that confidence to get help. On the other hand, um, we're going to talk about eating disorders. And our generation is so consumed with social media that we sometimes are oblivious to the obvious negative impacts that it has on our self-image and confidence, especially among teenagers. Okay, time and time again, we are forced to see picture-perfect models that are 90% of the time photoshopped and look nothing close to what they look like in reality. I mean, part of the problem here is that teenagers compare themselves to these models, and it's like they're comparing their own personal worst image of themselves to the best possible version of a model. I mean, the connection between the two is ridiculous i mean our standards of beauty have been so obscured that teenagers struggle with their self-confidence and their self-image because they're constantly degraded not only by themselves not only by their own thought process but the world that we live in today we've created these unrealistic standards that we force people to live up to and even some of the most confident people are actually the ones who struggle most, especially with eating disorders, because it's due to the fact that they can see themselves as overweight. They see themselves as disproportionate or too skinny. This is called body dysmorphia. You don't see your body the way that other people see it. You see it in um, abnormal ways. You see yourself as overweight, even though you're not. You have trouble sizing yourself to clothes because you think you're going to fit it even though you're obviously not. This can go from you thinking you fit into baby clothes or to you fitting an extra, 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 extra large, even though you're a small, medium, just a large. So one of 
the main three one of the top three eating disorders are bulimia anorexia um and also binge eating so bulimia um is when someone excessively throws up their food in fear of gaining weight now usually people with bulimia find excuses to find the restroom after eating to throw it up um inflamed or just a constant sore throat and then also eventually over time their teeth will start to decay because their um stomach acids are constantly like in their mouth and um our stomach acids tend to wear down teeth and then um lastly they experience and lastly they experience excessive amounts of stomach problems now on the other hand anorexia again goes hand in hand with bulimia but anorexia is just starvation and uh this actually has the highest death rate out of all mental disorders which is why we have to keep a lookout for people who are um who limit themselves to a diet um and of course dieting is healthy in um within reason okay but if if you find someone and they have mental breakdowns or freakouts because they can't find something to eat or if you try to and, or if the only options for food are um, what they deem unhealthy, then this is usually a big sign that someone is starving themselves, that they they aren't eating um, properly. And starvation isn't always not eating. It could also be not eating a lot, not eating enough to make them full. Um... Which is part of the reason why people struggle with bulimia. I mean, people with bulimia also struggle with anorexia. And they eat a little bit. But then they throw it up because they don't want to have the risk of, um, in quotation, gaining weight. Also, people with anorexia, um, you'll usually find people who struggle with anorexia to have extreme weight loss in, in a natural amount of time. Um, and keep a lookout for people if they seem too bony, but then again, don't get it confused with people who are just naturally very skinny or have a very, um, high metabolism. And then also people who struggle with anorexia tend to have very brittle hair and nails. Their hair tends to be falling out. Their nails tend to turn like yellowy and they don't, they don't look healthy in those ways. So... Yeah, that's part of the reason. I mean, part of that reason is because um, their body isn't getting nutrients. Therefore, their hair can't reproduce naturally. Their nails aren't reproducing normally. And it's sort of like draining that nutrients and vitamins that those um, cells normally have. Okay, lastly, we have bench eating. So this one's a little bit different. Um, obviously, by the name, instead of ridding yourself of food, there is an overabundance of food. Um, so, whether it's eating an unhealthy large amount of food, too much, too much to a point where you feel uncomfortable after you're done eating, too much to a point where you overate and now you feel like you have to throw up. 
or even eating on when you're not hungry. I mean, this may seem like a small thing because sometimes, like I'll admit, even sometimes you do have to force yourself to eat because um, our body doesn't always feel the need to eat, but we just have to remind ourselves like three meals a day, get healthy calories and you know, and then um, not wanting to eat around other people because you don't have that control to stop yourself from eating. That's part of the problem um, with people who struggle with binge eating. It's sort of not having that control to stop yourself. So, yeah. And sometimes we as people, we deny the signs because we're afraid to speak up about it or we don't want to face the reality that ourselves or even our loved ones are experiencing and struggling with these issues. However, there are obviously certain cases where there aren't any other options besides to get help from a trusted adult. Um, that includes when your mental health gets so bad that it starts to impact your personal life, your work, relationships. Um, it also is if you, you feel like you aren't in control of your own actions, you're sort of doing things impulsively, um, and you can't make rational decisions because of, um, your thought process. Your mind isn't in the right place. Like I said before, mental illness is not how people think about something. It's sort of, like I said before, mental health, um, you can't really control it. You can't help it unless you get professional help. Um, like I said before, mental illness isn't really something you can control. So when you are in control of your own actions and you feel like you're doing things impulsively, that's definitely a sign that, um, you need to seek mental health. Another instance of not being in control could also be that you're putting yourself on autopilot. You aren't feeling the things that you should be feeling. You're sort of shielding yourself from feeling anything that may cause you um, to actually feel something. And then um, lastly, it's when you begin using negative coping mechanisms. So like I said before, self-harm, drugs, alcohol, um, overeating, those are all examples of negative coping mechanisms, which could lead to death, um, for overeating, anorexia, like I said before, anorexia is one of the biggest, um, mental disorders that has the most cause of death, and so that, like, you, you have to keep yourself aware and then in addition, um, this is the obvious one, but it's suicidal thoughts or self-harm. Now, like I said before, self-harm um, is, again, one of those negative coping mechanisms. And it doesn't always mean just cutting. But obviously, if you are cutting yourself, please get help. Please know that there are people out there to help you. And please know that there are better options out there. And if you feel that these apply to you and you have been experiencing these signs, you might be asking yourself, well, what do I do now? The first thing that you should obviously do is talk to your parents, which I know is hard for some people, but if you are comfortable enough to do so, then please proceed. When you are talking with them, try to remain calm, fill them in with what you learned from this podcast. Um... You can even do some more research about it and inform them about that, too. If you aren't comfortable talking to your parents, you can also talk to your school's guidance counselors or any other trusted adult 
who can help you in your situation and even help you talk to your parents. And once that conversation is over, there are a few options that you guys can take. There are psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, behavioral health specialists, um, tons and tons of professional help that you can go to. And please know that it's okay to get help. It's part of the reason why we, why so many people struggle with their mental health. It's because they don't feel the need to get help. They don't, they sort of um, ignore the signs that they need to get it. And they're too scared to reach out to other people. Because part, one of the biggest demons and monsters of mental health is that sometimes you can't help yourself. You can't control it. It's not something you can control. So, yeah. Anyways, overall, I hope that you guys realize how important keeping an eye out for the people around you is. Make sure you're aware of the signs and hopes that we as a society can prevent the worst case scenario. In addition, please don't be afraid to ask someone just how they're feeling, how their day was. The smallest things like that can truly make a difference in people's lives, especially when someone is having a rough day. And don't forget to check in on your loved ones, the people in your life. Just do a mental check-in on everyone because this is truly the first step that we can take as a society so that we can help reduce um, the possibilities of negative mental health. And I'm really sad to say that this is unfortunately the last episode in this season. And I hope that I've been able to spread awareness about mental health to at least one person out there. So let's keep working towards breaking down our societal stigma and breaking down those societal barriers around talking about mental health or mental illness. Don't forget to spread kindness and find the small gifts in each and every day. For more resources and hotlines, go to TWLOHA.com. Thank you so much for listening.